the parasha of parashas told us, when thinking a little bit about the beginning of this parasha, I was struck with a question that I don't think I've wondered about before. And the question I had was, what sort of connection did Yaakov Avinu have with his grandfather, Avram Avinu? I mean, Yaakov Avinu had an illustrious grandfather, uh, Avram Avinu, the, the, the father of, of the Jewish nation, Tzadik Yisrael Olam, whose deeds and actions are, are uh, all detailed throughout three parashiyas of Lach Lecha, Ve'er, and Chayesara. But we don't see anything of what kind of relationship they had. Yaakov Avinu was 15 years old when, when Avram Avinu passed away. Rashi makes that points that out in the beginning of the parsha. So what happened during those 15 years? Was Yaakov Avinu learning in Avram Avinu's yeshiva? Seder Elam actually says he was. Ya- Rashi seems to say he was learning in Shem Ve'ever, but the Seder Elam says, no, he was in Avram Avinu's yeshiva for 15 years, and then he moved on to Shem and Ever. So he was learning in Avram Avinu's yeshiva, but we don't see any kind of connection between them. We don't see any, any interaction between Yaakov, Yaakov Avinu and Avram Avinu. What kind of influence did Avram Avinu have on him? And I found, after looking around, uh, there's an amazing Zayar, fascinating Zayar. The Zayar writes, Arim. The children grew old, right? It's referring to Yaakov and Esav. Sitra d'Avram garam loin is gadla. Sitra d'Avram means the influence of Avram Avinu caused them to grow. Zuchuse sayalon, his chus, his merits, helped them. V'hu have a And he was mechanach them in mitzvahs. HaKadosh Baruch Hu talks about Avram Avinu right before he tells him about Sadaim. He says, I loved him. I know he's going to command his children. I know he's going to teach his children. So we know that Avram Avinu taught his children. He was Mechanach Lim So amazing. Avram Avinu did partake in raising Avram, uh, Yaakov and Esav. The term Aram doesn't just mean they grew older, but rather what it means is they grew greater. They, they grew in Ruchniyas, they grew in spirituality. Avram Avinu influenced them. And that Vayigdu, that initial growth, which was both Yaakov and Esav, the Zara makes clear, Yaakov and Esav both grew at that point. They both became great. Esav as well was due to Avram Avinu's direct influence upon them. And the Zara mentions three things. The Zara says, what was Avram's influence? He had an influence, he had merit, and he had active chinuch. What's Avram's influence? Most likely it means, and I've seen Svarim explain it that way, it means his midah of chesed. Which means that Yaakov and Esav grew up as children in Avram Avinu's house. I mean, where else would they be spending their time? They would likely be running around Avram Avinu's house. And what was going on in Avram Avinu's house? It was a whirlwind of chesed. It was open 24-7, and, and guests were streaming in from all four doors. And they were actively watching and participating how Avram Avinu would have food cooking and, and people were being fed. And then Avram Avinu would teach them about HaKadosh Baruch Hu and he would encourage them to bench and to make Birchus HaMazan and thank HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So there was a lot of action going on in Avram Avinu's house. That was, that was the, the Sitra da Avram, the, the influence of Avram Avinu that had a direct effect on Yaakov and Esav and caused them to grow great. 
And then what was the second thing is Chusei Avram, the merit of Avram, and how we don't appreciate this, the merit and uh, the power of a father, of a grandfather, meaning to say simple, the schus, the grandfather davens that his grandchildren should be tzaddikim, the grandfather uh, hopes that his, children, his, his grandchildren be tzaddikim, he does mitzvahs, he cries tears, and all those have such a tremendous effect on the grandchildren, because the grandchildren know that. It has a, a spiritual effect, obviously, but there's also a very direct effect. They know their grandfather cares about them. They know that what their grandfather expects from them. And they know that their grandfather looks forward to them becoming great in Tyra Mitzvahs. And lastly, there was Huchinich Hashem Mitzvahs. He actively, he taught them. He taught them how to serve Hashem. He, just, he taught them through being a role model. He taught them through demonstration. And he taught them by getting them involved. So this was Avram Avinu's act of Chinuch. Avram Avinu had a direct effect on Yaakov and Esav. And now we see a fascinating thing, actually. If you go, there's other Midrashim. And they start to teach us what actually happened over here with Esav. Because it's a big question, which I don't know if we'll ever know the answer. But it's something that needs thought and needs to be thought about. What happened with Esav? How did he go off? What went wrong? So the Pasuk says, Yaakov was cooking a lentil soup. Very, we all know why was he cooking this lentil soup. Rashi explains because Avram Avinu died that day. Yaakov turned 15. Esav turned 15. Avram Avinu died. And he cooked this lentil soup to serve it to Yitzchak. Why do you serve a lentil soup to Yitzchak? Nowadays we serve eggs. But eggs and lentils have that in common that they're round. And they don't have a peh. They don't have a mouth. They don't have a mouth. It means they're round. There's no particular part where it starts and where it ends. And the symbolism of not having a mouth is an oval doesn't have a mouth, an oval doesn't speak. Why can't he speak? Because a calamity happened, a tragedy happened. And he has no method of explaining it. And he's not meant to explain it. He's meant to keep quiet. He's meant to accept it. And he's meant to accept what Hashem does, Hashem's actions and Hashem's judgment with faith. That's the symbolism of a Nazir. And that's what Yaakov Vina was cooking. So the Medrash says, Esav came. He said, what's going on with this lentil soup? He asked Yaakov Avinu. Yaakov says, Avram Avinu just died. And likely what this exchange is a little bit more than that, as again I saw in a Sefer explaining, it says, Yaakov came to Avram's house because that's undoubtedly where Yitzchak was sitting Shiva and that's where they spent their time. And what do you think he found in Avram's house? It was quiet. There were no guests. There was no action. There was no 24-7 cooking of delicious, delectable food. No, it was all quiet and silent. Avram had died. And all that's died with Avram. And all there was was this bowl of lentil soup. This is what's going on with this lentil soup? What happened? Where is everybody? And Yaakov tells him Avram Avinu died. And at that point, Esav says, hadin. Avram Avinu was struck down by Midas Adin. Avram Avinu died. He was punished. Yaakov says, hey, yes, he was. And the Mepharshim all ask, they say, well, everybody dies eventually, right? What's going on over here? What did he expect? I mean, someone's got to die eventually. And they explain various different shatim. Either they say, Esau expected him to live as long as Nayach. He was a tzaddik. Or Avram Avinu didn't exhibit any kind of frailty. He lived as with all the full strength of his youth till the last second of his life. Or Avram Avinu died five years early, which was actually a chesed for Avram, that he shouldn't have to see Esau going off. Regardless, 
Avram Avinu, there was some aspect of Midas Adin which Yaakov Avinu agreed with. And that's why Yaakov was cooking these Adashim. That's why he was cooking these lentils because we need to accept it. It was, un- it was Midas Adin and it needs to be accepted as judgment, as judgment of a Kaddish Baruch Hu. But Esav was very severely affected by this. And Esav said, Im Cain, if so, there's no reward in the world to come and there's no Tchiyas HaMesim. That was Esav's conclusion. Avram Avinu died, it shattered his whole world of Ruchnius. Up till that point, there was a Vayigdula in Aram. Esav was thriving under Avram's tutelage. He was thriving under the guidance of Avram Avinu. And he had just gone out. He went out into the field. And he was at this point, according to Chazal, at the first point in his life becoming challenged by his nature. He was being challenged by the, the desires that he found out there in the field. And he was struggling with that. And he came back, and his struggle was then compounded by this confusion of his mentor, his idol, his, his, his grandfather, his loving grandfather, passed away. And that caused him to come to the conclusion that ain't schar, ain't schar, ain't so this is a, a fascinating thing. On one hand, it seems that actually Avram Avinu's death catapulted Esav into going off the Darach, whereas Chazal tell us it actually was the other way around. Avram Avinu died, so you shouldn't have to see Esav going off the Darach. But Chazal telling us this is teaching us something. Esav was in a difficult position at this very moment. He was at a crossroads. He had just gone out and he had just started to be challenged by the world. And he came back and his grandfather died. And he had a choice at this point. He could take his grandfather's death to heart. Avram Avinu died five years early. There was actually a purpose to that. It wasn't just that Avram Avinu should be saved the the pain of seeing Esav going off, but perhaps his death would inspire Esav. Perhaps his death would motivate Esav to think, you know what, no one lives forever, even at Tzadik like Avram Avinu. And if so, I need to rethink the path I'm taking. But instead, Esav decided to twist it the other way. And Esav said, if Avram died, then everything is meaningless. If Avram died, there's no Tchiyas HaMesim. And what Esav did next was he said, Halitani no asa adam adam He says, Halitani means force it down my throat. Which means Yaakov and Yitzchok were eating the Adashim, which means they were accepting Avram Avinu's death. They were taking the symbolism by choice. Yes, Avram Avinu died and we're going to accept it. We're going to learn from it. We're going to grow from it. We're going to become greater people as a result. And Esav says, no, Halitani, force it down my throat. I'm not accepting this. You can force it down my throat because that's how I'm going to accept this Midas Adin. It's forced upon me. I don't accept it. I don't agree with it. I don't accept what HaKadosh Baruch Hu is doing. And as a result of it, I'm rejecting it. And there's another Chazal which helps us also understand how weird things went off. And largely, it'll help us understand a method of relating to our children, also understanding the importance that our parents play upon our children, the connection they have, the, 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 the amount of, of influence they can have on our children, but also understand the nature of our children as well. Chazal say, 
if someone holds back from, from chastising, from rebuking his child, he's effectively hating his child. And Chazal say that if you do that, then your child will undoubtedly turn out bad. And Chazal say, Yishmael turned out bad because Avram loved him and didn't rebuke him. Esav turned out bad because Vayev, Yitzchak is Esav. Esav was loved by Yitzchak and he didn't rebuke him. <coughs> but, rather, Chazal say, Avram, Yisr es Yitzchak benai. He did rebuke his son Yitzchak. V'limdei Tyre, and he taught him Tyre v'edrichei v'edrachav, and he put him on his path. And therefore it says, Elot Teles Yitzchak ben Avram. He was very similar to Avram. He was exactly like Avram. Yitzchak did the same thing to Yaakov. He gave him Musr. He rebuked him. He chastised him. And he, he made him learn Tyre. He forced him to learn Tyre. And he taught him everything that he learned from Avram. And therefore he was Zeichet to the Brach of Yerush So what's interesting here is that if Yitzchak took the approach of rebuking Yaakov, why didn't he take that approach with Esau? He took the approach of rebuking Yaakov, which was uh, inevitably what caused Yaakov to become great. Why didn't he take that approach with Esau? And it would seem to me that it wasn't because of Yitzchak loving Esau more than loving Yaakov, but rather it was an element of Esau's nature. Esau wasn't capable of hearing the rebuke. And since he wasn't capable of hearing the rebuke, Yitzchak didn't force the rebuke upon him. And this is a window into perhaps what is the story here of Esav. Esav had a superficial connection with Avram Avinu. He did. He, had, he followed him. He adopted his chinuch. He followed in his ways. He saw the influence. He learned from him. But Esav didn't internalize him. Internalize it. Esav was an ish sada. He was a chitzayni, a superficial person. He followed him superficially, but he did not internalize it. He didn't take it with a pritus. He didn't allow it to become who he was. In that element, Esav was incapable of hearing rebuke. Esav was not capable of being honest with himself. He wasn't willing, I should say, to be honest with himself. He wasn't willing to hear a rebuke and be honest and say, I need to change, I need to be different. That was what was lacking, that willingness to change. And Yitzchak didn't force it upon him. It's like, Gave it to Yaakov Avinu. Yaakov was an Ish Emes. When Yaakov heard, heard rebuke, a Chacham, Chacham Lev, when he hears rebuke, he, he grows from it. And uh, 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 I'm forgetting me right now that if someone hits a, a, a late, he, if you rebuke a late, he hates you. The approach of, of giving Musar to Esav seemed to be counterproductive. And Chazal say that inevitably that's where it, ha- that's where it ended up happening. So here we had the influence of Avram Avinu. We had the influence of Yitzchak Avinu. But if a child is not taught to accept rebuke, if a child is not taught to be honest and be willing to see how he can or she can improve, how they can change, they will remain with a very superficial connection to everything that they're taught. And when they're faced with that internal struggle, it'll be a very scary moment. And any, any time of change, any time of upheaval, such as a grandfather passing away, a generation leaving, all that they learned will be at risk. 
And it, it just demonstrates to, you know, how fascinating it is that we, the Torah doesn't explain to us too much about the connection to Avram and Yitzhak and Yaakov. And undoubtedly, as we see in the Zerah, it was there. And more what the Torah does, it tells us how Avram Avinu ran his home, how he interacted with guests, and we're meant to understood that his children and grandchildren witnessed all that. His children and grandchildren were a part of all that. That's how they grew, that's how they became great, that was their chance to become great. But yet, that honesty is necessary. A child has to be ready, and we, that's, that's an point, important point of influence to encourage and to teach and to help children to see and have that honesty, to know where they stepped off, they made a mistake, and they need to change. And that honesty can allow a child to have become deeper and to the lessons to start penetrating and to become an intrinsic and essential part of themselves. And that will give them the resilience moving forward to be able to stand and be strong even in the face of difficult life's upheavals and to hold and keep to the lessons that they've learned and, and the growth that they've grown. Have a, a good night and a good Shabbos. Good Shabbos. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Rabbi. Thank you. 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 Thank you.